my first earthquake, so it was really quite scary, yes. Where were you when, and, and I don't know if there were aftershocks or any of that, but where were you when it started? Uh, when it first started, I was at the cafeteria at the pop machine getting a drink. Okay, so the, so you probably didn't have to put money into the pop machine then? It just came actually came out? No, no, it was oh. all good. Okay, all right. Uh, and then did you have, did you did you leave the cafeteria right away, or what's the protocol? Uh, well, so at first, like, it probably lasted, I want to say, like, a, a minute of just, like, the ground, like, shaking and stuff. And, yeah. Um, I was with, like, half of, uh, like, I would say probably, like, six of my friends, and we were all kind of under the table, you know, the protocol you learn in, like, third grade. Um, but, uh, just, like, after that, there was a bunch of, like, people that work for the school and stuff that, like, come in and are, yeah. like, there to make sure stuff that, like, uh, I guess the proper things happen and case of natural disasters so wait you uh, you grew up in ohio so you didn't have earthquakes there so how did you what what, did, what do you I, I wouldn't have guessed get under the table i would have like gone outside um yeah my mom later said that outside would have been a better idea okay. but um yeah i uh i i did grow up in ohio so it was, it was pretty pretty strange to me uh i just did what i thought was was best i guess okay I was talking to Joe Sofo, who was in uh, Anchorage and w- just g- got through the earthquake. Do you know what's the damage look like there, Joe? Um, well, there's like, but, like most of all, there's there's no casualties, but there's a lot of like traffic, uh, like stuff, like roads have like cracked and stuff like that. And there's a couple cars that like have fallen several feet. Um, uh, our school's closed for like the next couple days. Uh, all of our facilities are pretty much flooded. Like the pipes broke and stuff like that mm. but uh, everyone's safe so um i guess that's the most important part did you uh and you got tossed around a little bit in your house too right things kind of fell off the shelves or something like that or yeah um like pretty much almost all the tvs fell and my like shelving fell and like the fridge opened up i guess that's kind of strange. that's it and nothing that's- else no like walls cracking or ceilings caving in or anything like that uh, no, no, nothing huh? like that. Uh, the ceilings fell at the school, which was pretty scary. It was just like the drywall ceilings and like, yeah. uh, stuff like that. So nothing, nothing terrible, but yeah, the buildings up here are like built to try and like withstand that stuff, like the natural disasters. So this is, and you, weren't you on a tsunami watch for a while as well? Yeah. Uh, like the state sent out a big, uh, tsunami watch to like everyone to tell them to kind of move inland and, uh, get to high ground because it happened about 10 miles from Anchorage. Uh, but Anchorage is located kind of in like a big Bay coast area. So it'd be pretty tough for like to get significant like damage. Okay. Uh, and I think, I believe the warning is surpassed. It said like, there was a, a chart that came out that said like when to watch and it was like two, six and 12 hours. And I think we passed like the big danger of all that, but we weren't affected by a tsunami. No. Okay, and you, and just to be clear, there was no warning ahead of time about an impending earthquake or anything like that, right? I mean, it just happened, and you were... Uh, no, no, but there is a warning now that uh, an aftershock of, like, equal magnitude uh, could or is likely to happen in the next hour or week. Okay. <laughs> an so hour or... Kind of a wide... wide uh, window, yeah. What, what do you do... What do you do to, uh, I mean, well, how are you going to uh, function, I guess, in that, in that week time? Are you um, uh, planning on sleeping outside, or what's your, what's your plan, Joe? Yeah, my, my mom wants me to, to stay close to the door at all times, but I think I'm just going to live kind of how I've been, and if it happens, you know, we'll uh, see, I guess. Oddly enough, that's when you, you called the TV repairman, right, and he gave you the same hours? Like, I'll be there within an hour or a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, we'll be there an hour or a week. We'll see when we're free. All right. Uh, is it, uh, but is there a, a higher level of apprehension now that you've, you know, now that the ground, you've felt the ground shaking pretty significantly? Or are you worried about the next one? Um, I had not, not so much. Okay. Uh, I would say worried. It was just like such a strange feeling and it made you feel like very, like small in the world because like, the actual ground that you're standing on is like shaking and splitting. Uh, what did you think and, it was? What did you think was happening? Well, at first, like, I, I was, me and, like, my friends were, like, joking. We were like, uh, oh, wow, like, because there was one last year, but it was only, like, a 3.1, and I didn't even feel it. Um, and so I was joking, like, oh, like, this is the first one I've actually felt. And then it just got, it was almost like, uh, 
like the earth heard me and just really just started going and laughing at me. And, uh, yeah, it was bad. So at first I was laughing and then I was really scared. And then I called my mom. <laughs> that's, the, that's the right string of things to do. Joey, I, yeah. I, I'm so grateful you're okay. Uh, it, you, uh, you sent Thanks. a picture that, uh, in that where there, where you're, you're like, you're standing on, on a floor or the ground or something. And there's a giant crack in between your feet. Um, yeah, that's, that's right outside my house, actually. Nice. In, uh, like the street I live on. Okay. All right. Well, be well. Be safe. Uh, yeah, are, is is the is the season going to go long as planned? There. I mean, are are you are you guys? Well, practice got canceled today because uh, the facilities are well, all campuses uh, shut down. But okay. uh, we're actually we go on the road next week, which I think you know. I do. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I don't think it'll affect us too much. It'll it'll be interesting to see if we have pra- or we're allowed to have practice on Monday or Tuesday. Um, but yeah, after that, I hope that they get everything up and running and uh, get us back going the way we were. Wait, hold on. Can't you guys just go outside and practice? Yeah, right. It's hockey. <laughs> that is that is always an an option. Uh, but traffic's actually super bad here now. Right. Uh, we I took me almost like I live probably five minutes from campus, and it took us probably thirty minutes to get home. Wow! Holy so, cow! Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm yeah, glad that we could practice outside. It it would be an option. Sure, and and certainly uh, fun, entertaining, and you'd have to. I mean, it's dark there now, right? Uh, well, right now it is. Um, I want to say it is one fifteen. So this is one of the three hours we're going to get today. Oh, three hours of sunlight. Good stuff. And I'm, I'm actually enjoying it by staying inside. <laughs> Joey, I'm glad everybody's okay. Take care, man. I'll see you soon. Thank you, Mitch. All right, take care. That's uh, Joey Sofo, former lacrosse chill player. He's in uh, University of Alaska, Anchorage, and uh, just went through his first significant earthquake. So two things I got out of that. One, Alaska has earthquakes. I never really thought Didn't about that. Didn't two, know that. Didn't know that. they say pop in Ohio. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. Good stuff. Man. He, sent one, he says uh, one picture. We're going to get that up on, uh, on Facebook, I think, at some point. But he's got this picture. Of, uh, he took up a car that had just dropped. A chunk of road had gotten swallowed up by whoever swallows roads. And the car is way below where it should be. Let's just put it that way. All right. 608 I wanted to start with that because I, f- I was just absolutely. It, it's just it's crazy. That's still to me, and I know people live through this all the time, earthquakes, but I, I've never been in one, and um, you know, I can't imagine it, as I'm thinking that many of us can't, um, but that was a pretty sizable one. That was not a small earthquake. So with that said, we will officially make this, uh, make this right here by reminding you that it's a free-for-all Friday. Free-for-all Friday, me, of course, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Anything that's on your mind is also on mine, including earthquakes. And the Better Hearing Center, talk and text lines, how you get in touch with us. 608-785-7914-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, that's how you should do that. And we'll be right back right here on Lacrosse Talk PM. All right, Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZ. I'm Mitch Reynolds. If you'd like to join us here on the air, 608-785-7914. is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Call in or text in. Another way you get in, 608-785-7914. Talking with my good friend Joey a little while ago. He's in uh, Anchorage, Alaska. They just went through an earthquake there. The ground shaking. And moving and splitting apart and people falling in. No, there was no people falling in. Weirdly enough, I don't think anybody was seriously hurt in that, that earthquake. 6.9, I think, or 7-something, whatever it is. Anyway, 608-785-7914. It is a free-for-all Friday. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Anything that's on your mind is also on uh, mine. We have uh, all sorts of... I mean, if you would like to weigh in on world events, by the way, we've been we have been... I don't know. I want, I'm not sure if I want to say we've been actively doing this, but for the last several days, we've been kind of avoiding um, national slash world events for the most part and uh, sticking to uh, some more local issues like green bean casserole, which has value as far as I'm concerned. Lots of value. Um, but feel free. It is a free for all Friday. So anything you want to bring into the conversation uh, sounds great. 608 785 7914. If you'd like to weigh in on the latest revelations about, you know, the Mueller probe and the Russia investigation, the Trump, Donald Trump uh, uh, 
uh, denials about the Russian investigation or the G20 summit or the um, the weird handshake that went down between Putin and um, um, what's the dude's name again? Salam? No, what's the Saudi prince's name? Mohammed bin Salam. No, okay. I think his initials are MBS. MBS. What could that? What could that be? There was also that. Is it Marcone? Is that his name? The friend Macron. He had his mic on. Oh, he did he a hot mic, mic moment. Yeah, hot mic. What did he well, say? Well, he was talking to Putin. So, oh, um, I don't think it was like groundbreaking, but oh, that's too bad. It would have been fun. All right, they look like they're having fun. That uh, the Saudi prince. It's it's like Mohammed bin Salam or something like that. I don't think anyone's gonna. Are we close? I'm I'm doing earthquake stuff here. Okay, I mean, if you could just, I mean, uploading stuff is you have, okay. you can't you okay. can't do two things. Yeah, you can. What's what's uh what country? Says <laughs> <laughs> actively disengaged. Is he a president? He's what is actively he? Actively disengaged. He's not even doesn't even. What do we call him? Totally paid. No, totally, totally. King Salman. <laughs> Salman. Mohammed bin Naif. Mohammed bin Salman. There we go. Mohammed bin Salman. 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 Salam. I feel like there's Salam? I feel like Seinfeld made a reference to this. Is that guy. it's Salman? Not Salam? It's S A L M A N. Salman. I'm pretty huh. sure he's in a Seinfeld. Mohammed bin Salman. They're in the sauna. It it was just it was a weird moment and I've this I it is a weird moment and it's looked like two guys that were just killing it. Vladimir Putin and Mohammed bin Salman. Well, in the Seinfeld, it's Salman Rushdie. Yeah, Salman Rushdie. And Kramer goes to him, man, it's hot in here, which is ironic because you're in a sauna. Yeah. Totally different guy, though. I think yeah. he's an author or something. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he is an author. Yeah. He's a pretty, pretty famous guy. Um, so they do, this, they do this handshake where it's kind of a, they look, uh, they look like they couldn't be giddier about life for some reason. No idea what that's about. But. Was it like one of those fist bump sh- gun, like, you know, it was kind of guns. What do you call that? What's it? You know, like we, hey, you know, it's like a bro, the bro shake. Hug? The bro, yeah, bro shake. Um, dap? Is it a dap? Dap, dap. I, I think know. it's a dap. It's a dap. I don't know. Not really sure. I th- they were, yeah, they, I was listening to someone else talk about that, and then I was like, what are you? What are you talking about? Dap. So well, they keep, keep, and I don't know. So, so and it was kept, kept being described as a high. It wasn't a high five. Okay, I kept so hearing dap. This. I looked it up. Uh, okay, fish by letting the fly bob lightly on the water without letting the. Line oh yeah, touch yeah, the yeah. Flying the bob Is with the water with the fishing and the flying and the bob. Were they mimicking? No, fishing? I don't think they were mimicking fishing. Do you think that guy knows how to fish? The salman guy. You I mean, he probably grew desert. up fishing. Probably out with his in dad. Out with the salmon. His dad. I mean, that's why he's the king, right? Because they- he's a prince. Or a prince, not okay. the king yet, because they taught him the fish. Not to, they didn't just give him right. Fish. They didn't, they didn't give him fish. They taught him how to fish, and that that taught him humility. And every great leader needs to have uh, a level, a certain level of humility. I mean, everybody does that, right? So anyway, interesting moments. Here we go. Urban Dictionary. Okay. A greeting mechanism yeah. that okay. can consist or of or combine multiple methods of hand based interaction. All right. So they they it was adapt then. That's really like technical for. Urban Dictionary. It, was kind it of really got in-depth there. Yeah. The so knocking was, of fists together as a right. greeting okay. of, of form or respect. So they didn't knock fists or knuckles. Or yeah, because it would be inappropriate if they did the knuckle bump and then the explosion. You pull it back yeah, and back. explode because <laughs> yeah. then they would be like, whoa. Whoa, whoa those guys. And finger guns probably inappropriate. You didn't too, see that one things. coming. Yeah, I don't think you'd want to do that. I don't think you'd want to do finger guns. Finger pistols. Finger pistols? Finger guns. Whatever they are. Shooter McGavins. Shooter McGavins. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that. It's sad that it's dark and like that would be sad. Like we get four or five hours of lightness here in Alaska. You get three right now. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think it gets entirely dark. It goes entirely dark. Well, at it some goes point. entirely dark here too. It's it just se- no. It really just seems no, that way for the whole day. You mean yeah. it goes entirely? No, dark. I think it goes entirely dark there. Yeah. We just talked to for those of you who didn't catch this. We just talked to uh, Joey Sofo, who is a former. Um, lacrosse chill player who is in on Alaska. Or on Alaska, he's in Alaska. Huh? He's in uh, the University of Alaska Anchorage. He's at the University of Alaska Anchorage. Plays hockey there for the Sea Wolves, and uh, was in that uh, in the cafeteria when the earthquake hit today. Is the the hierarchy of college, hockey because it's way different than basketball? 
isn't it? You play college. No, wait. Do you go to the chill, then you go to college, then you go to some other not pro team, and then you go to the pros? There's a, there's a weird like stepping. It takes, takes forever. There's a weird staircase to get to the yeah, NHL. You're like, you're like 60 by the time you get to the NHL. <laughs> the big show is a long ways away. If there you is ever, a, there if you is ever a West Salem it. kid in the big show, right? Isn't there an NHL West Salem kid? I couldn't tell you. I don't I know. There's a computer in front of me. They would have renamed the village after him if that was the case. I don't think so. I mean, there's a guy, there's the, what, the West Salem kid that's playing in, in Wisconsin. Maybe that's it. Yeah. I don't think. And he's, I don't know if he's, I mean, he's good. Oh, here he is. His name is, is Jack Gorniak. Gorniak. Yeah. Jack Gorniak. He's, he's good. Um, yeah. Yeah, you 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 played it's junior hockey and then then you go on to school and then you go on to the next level or you know something with the hopes of one day making it to the big show and some do. Yeah, he's at Wisconsin. There's been one lacrosse chill player that has actually played uh, in the NHL. Can't think of who he is, but uh, a goalie. Wind up playing for the Capitals, actually, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, Matisse Givlingnix, who, I don't know, that's a tough one. That's who it is? It's K-I-V-L-E-N-I-E-K-S. <laughs> really? That's who's in the NHL? No. Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, yes. really? That's not what I, is he a goalie? Yeah. Oh, okay. That is him then. Uh, right. May 2017, he was... Signs NHL contract. Oh, I think it's a different guy. So maybe there's two now. Matisse Kivlenix. Kivlenix. How was that? Yeah. Go slower. You can. All right. So maybe that's another one. Anyway, the Better Hearing Center talk text line 608-785-7914. Once again, it is a free-for-all Friday. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Anything that's on your mind is also on mine. A number of different items coming out in the Donald Trump investigation or the Russia investigation or whatever you want to call it today. Uh, Joe says, you mean the Trump-Russia hoax? Complete joke. (laughs) 608-785-794. We added the laugh track there. That wasn't uh, Joe uh, laughing. I put the story up with with, uh, Joe's picture from, so the the roads all tore up in Alaska. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the car is like in the middle of... (laughs) Yeah, so there's people standing by that car. That's the thing. It's if you look at that picture really closely, there's people actually standing by that car. And if you go to, and it's on, was on Facebook on the website. It's on you? our website. I'm, okay, I'm go to our, if you go to our website, go check, go check this out. Our, my my friend Joey sent me a picture from from Alaska, and it's the car on this piece of sunken road, and there's people standing by the car. Think of think of Wiley e. Coyote in the, in the <laughs> yeah, on a cliff, yeah. right? And the entire cliff blows up, and he's still standing on the one little circle that's still like. Uh, like standing and everything around him is gone. That's kind of how this car is sitting. It looks just like that. Okay, I got to go do news. We'll be back. Welcome back. Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Uh, this hour brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. If you'd like to talk with us here on the air, use the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Uh, best story of the week, without doubt, is the responsibility of the guy we're talking to right now, Dr. Shudong Wang, uh, who um, I managed to get in touch with today, we saw this fantastic news out of the University of Wisconsin-Madison in relation to a what only could be described as a magical electric bandage, because <laughs> that makes the most sense to me. Uh, Dr. Wang, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on. Tell me about this, uh, because it sounds really otherworldly. Tell me how this how this electric bandage works. All right, yeah, and, uh, thanks uh, for contacting me. It's my pleasure. Sure. Uh, so um, it's uh, more or less like a regular bandage, flexible and you know, attached to the skin. Uh, however, on the bandage surface, uh, there's one uh, tiny device uh, that can uh, convert the skin surface motion into small electric pulses. Um, and we have another set of uh, dressing electrodes uh, facing towards a, a wounded area. So the uh, small um, electrical pulses will help uh, the skin to recover in a much, much faster rate than the regular uh, healing rate. All right. And, and my understanding is that it's, uh, I, if, if I get this right, five times faster, something along those lines? 
we haven't done this on uh, human skin yet. Okay. Uh, so far, we only did it on uh, rat. Okay. So small animal. Um, a regular rat uh, takes about uh, 20 days to uh, cover um, uh, a few millimeter-sized uh, skin wound. Okay. And our device can facilitate it into uh, three days. So two, uh, two weeks versus three days. Wow. That is amazing. So, and what stage of development? So you have it. You just tested on rodents so far. So, mm-hmm. how, how far away is me using this to, you know, to to heal a cut finger? <laughs> uh, I hope it can be as fast as possible. Uh, so, uh, I and our uh, collaborators is trying to secure some uh, additional uh, resources uh, to test it in uh, on bigger animals and even on human skins. Once the result shows uh, a positive result, I think then it will be uh, very soon to come into a reality. Have you guys tested it on yourself yet? I'm just curious, like standing around the lab <laughs> thinking, you know what, let's try it. Let's just go. Uh, no, 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 not. <laughs> I, I can, I can imagine all sorts of, I mean, I mean, you know, humans are, you know, fragile. We tend to cut ourselves quite a bit, but I can imagine all yeah. sorts of uses for this, but I would imagine, are there also internal organ applications? Do you think? Uh, Yes, um, actually, uh, you have you have a very good question. Um, so this is actually our overarching uh, hypothesis for this uh, uh, low frequency uh, electrical pulse uh, therapeutic approach. So our body uses this uh, um, very small electric uh, signal to manipulate all our body functions. Mm-hmm. So our device is designed that way to simulate or facilitate our body responses to using this similar electric pulses to help our body facilitate um, the natural um, processes. Skin uh, recovery is just one aspect, okay. I think. And we are trying to explore more applications using this technology. All right, so our body uses, rep- uses the same process to heal wounds, essentially, no matter where they are. Uh, right, exactly. Okay. So... Uh, that's that's a natural for the uh, skin wound recovery. Uh, so once we cut our skin, uh, the cell will produce some um, irons, um, will uh, transmit some irons towards the surface to build a very small electrical potential on the cartilage surface. So this small electrical potential will help the cell to align on the uh, cartilage surface and push the cell grow towards uh, the open area. Okay. I think so. It, that's a, how the natural uh, recovery happens. And, and I would think, uh, and I want to add. Oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah, I want to add a little bit. Is that we are not the first one who's uh, ex- uh, discovered uh, the electric field can help the skin recover. People have funded this uh, decades ago, but we, I think we find the best way to implement the electric field and maybe the right uh, frequency to do that. Yeah, and I, I was reading part of what you've done is that uh, the again these are the low. Uh, low-level electrical impulses rather than the high-frequency levels, which could be damaging, too, at, at the same time? Uh, yes, okay. uh, uh, we think so, yes. Okay. And we did some cellular-level uh, study to show that uh, if we have too much uh, electri- electricity passing through uh, the skin or the surface uh, or, or the cells, it will generate some uh, reactive oxygen species, which is damaged um, to the cell. Dr. Shudong Wang is at the University of Wisconsin-Madison uh, in the engineering school there. And I just, I, I want to just, I, I, do you have a nickname for this thing? Is it, did you call it the magical bandage, uh, bandage or, or what, what is it? Uh, I would like to hear some suggestions from you. Okay. <laughs> I would have, you, got, you really should, you know, you have a, you should have a nickname for it, some kind of pet name that yeah. you're calling the project. I don't know, you know, so it's when you're... Suggestion. Yeah, it's a good suggestion. Yeah, when you come to 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 market, it'll be certainly what I would make. I have to believe that there's all sorts of uh, 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 organizations. I would have to believe the Defense Department is act- look probably looking at this as well. But um, I, it's it just a profound um, new thing that you've developed, Doctor Wang. It's a it's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. All right, bye now. Thank you. Dr. Shudong Wang is in the uh, engineering um, department at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I would have thought magical bandage would be it. Electage? Electage? Sure. It's electric. 
elect aid. elected like a ba- what's a band aid like a band what you, you know band like, it so, together yeah, it's like I'm a band no, yeah I'm no i got it like, no i like it i like it i like aid. electo electo growth electo cure electo cure or it could just be like zappy something like that see that would be fun put a little yeah like hey zappy zappy he's got little electric lightning bolts coming out of his head like on the bandage itself Oof, man this is that's good stuff I like Zappy. He could be really happy or mean, like because yeah. he's shocking you. I don't know. We just turned this into Science Friday. <laughs> I don't. I had to talk to him. It just I mean, seemed like a good idea. They say pop in Ohio. Yeah, they say know. pop in Ohio. <laughs> uh, we skipped over uh, yesterday in lacrosse. We're going to go there. We'll come back. Lacrosse talk PM and wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Lacrosse talk PM and wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. This is a free for all Friday. Seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. The Better Hearing Center talk and text line. And on the phone right now with Eric. Eric, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yeah, when I was about uh, 32 years old, I was in the National Guard in uh, Portage. And I drove back from Portage doing the back cross there, just had a little bit of fun. And I stopped at this bar called Little Gaff. And that means, does it look like I'm... Little Gaff, does it look like I'm uh, give a freak, so to speak? The last word was wrong. But anyway, I was in there. I, was, I thought I'd have one tapper and drive back to Sparta. And this Native American family coming in, minding their own business. And uh, some redneck, there's a big bruising redneck, he went in there and he belittled them, and they sat there and took it. I felt so ashamed of myself. I wanted to take this guy and just kill him. But he was, he was hell bent on just disturbing these American Indians, and I thought to myself, my God, after I left the face, I felt like I was such a jerk for not doing something. I guess it was a matter of uh, self-preservation, but honest to God, that's the way they treat these people sometimes. Uncalled for, they were not my, they were minding their own business. Didn't call for that. Some jerk had to destroy their afternoon. Thanks. All right, Eric, thank you. Eric, um, a, a moment of, um, I, I don't know, his guilty conscience got the best of him, I guess. And he had to, he just had to share that story. It's venting Friday, maybe? Venting. Not venting, I guess. What would that be? I don't know. He's, I mean, what, what is anything when Eric calls? I, it seemed, there was, there was a lot of emotion there. He was, he was, there was a lot that he had to say. So that was, that was pretty, pretty profound stuff there. He had experience, he said when he was 30, 32, something like that. So many, many years, decades ago. I think, I think it's fair to say, decades ago, an experience that he still remembers to this day, still feels shame because of his unwillingness to uh, stand up for those who needed his help. And he was willing to admit that to us. Big man. Takes a big man to do that <laughs> on the air. 608-785-794 is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Anything you want to get off your chest, you could do that on the air today because it's a free-for-all Friday where we uh, allow you to uh, acknowledge any sins of the past, as well as uh, look forward to a brighter future. Um, I, I, I bet. A, do, do you think a lot of people have those experiences where there's where there's someone that's uh, you know someone's getting a, I don't know, picked on or attacked or something like that, and you don't do, you don't do or say anything about it, and then years later you wish you wish you could go back and take all a the stand. time, yeah. but not me. No, I no. know you were always the guy that was standing up for the bullies, right? Yeah, or standing up to the bullies, I not was. for the bullies. But. Well, if what if you are the bully? Then yeah, it doesn't count. No, yeah. you're you're just you're just bad. Are bullies? Do they remain? Are they just? Do they stay bullies forever? Don't they become police officers? Whoa! Wow! Jeez! What? Wow! Oh, now we are in trouble. We are in trouble. Mm. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. If you'd like to join us here on the air, seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. Speaking of police officers, we are. I I had a just a the briefest conversation with an officer, lacrosse police officer today, uh, who we did not get an indication, but um, the one news story from our news cycle in the last twenty four hours that stuck out in his mind was uh, lacrosse mayor Tim Cabot. Uh, what? being welcoming to the possibility of having a discussion about uh, decreasing penalties for marijuana possession. So this might be a this might be a heated conversation at some point. 608-785-7914.
And we'll now go to Mike. We'll go to Mike. Mike, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yeah, I'd uh, be careful. I'd probably stay out of home this evening. There's an insane person up there. Okay. Uh, I just saw a person in a Santa suit on a motorcycle. Oh. He can't be right. Well, I just he's probably just probably just going to a party or something. Or on uh, a motorcycle in thirty four degree weather. Yeah. Okay. Well some and of us sanity. some of us do that. Uh, there's there's a few of us and I I'm not I actually rode my motorcycle this morning, so uh it, it does I, I wasn't wearing a Santa suit. The Santa suit, I'm guessing, is the thing that makes him insane, right? Well, I'm thinking that and the fact that he's on two wheels in this weather. <laughs> it's not as bad as it sounds, trust me. I appreciate the call. 608-785-7914. My uh, wife was not super excited about me riding to work today either. She, But it's fun because you hit the turns. If you do find some snow and ice out there, just put a foot down. You hit the turns and power around. It it's super fun. It's it may be a little dangerous, but it's not terrible. Yes, Rick. Um, couldn't it have been Santa Claus? The guy rides around in a sleigh. Yeah, like it's not heated. I don't think the sleigh is heated. Yeah, the Santa suit's probably the warmest thing he has. We'll go to Dan. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yeah, thanks, Mitch. Sure. Um, I heard that Doctor Wang. I was going to call that something else, but I thought I'd come in on Doctor Wang here. Sure. Um, I've been researching therapeutic devices for about twenty years now. I'm kind of an expert on them. And in Dodge, Wisconsin, this guy was working on uh, basically LED lights, the red spectrum, in the 670 nanometers. He created a device called the Warp 10. Uh, he showed it to the military, and they adopted it for, for that reason. When their military people cut themselves, this red LED light, it feeds the mitochondria. The mitochondria excretes collagen and ATP, which is connective tissue. So a red LED at 670 nanometers, is that, that's exactly what that does. Or 680 and 660 nanometers is what you get with these grow lights or even your little laser uh, pen light thing. That red light feeds the mitochondria in your cells, which excretes collagen, which is connective tissue. And it will help with all kinds. There's one called the Tendi light. It's a more powerful LED, but red light can do that. And then there's pulse magnetic therapy, which none of our medical hospitals use. They do the MRI, but you will never get pulse magnetic therapy or LED light or infrared or anything like that that is an alternative menu therapeutic course. We, the people, must fund alternative health clinics. And if you'd like to talk about it, my email is B-I-G-D-O-O-R-E-D number seven at Gmail. That's Big Door Red without a second R. Big Door Red. It's a big door that nobody walks through, but I'm trying to. All right. Well, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. All right. Got it going on. We got therapeutic medicine. We got electric bandages. Zappy Happy. What was that? Was that the last one? Yeah. So like zap, Happy Zappy or something Happy like Zappy. That. Sure. We're trying to do like a very positive, some, you know. That conversation will be up later on our podcast, by the way. The uh, conversation I just had with Dr. Shudong Wang, who is, uh, teaches at the engineering school in Madison and uh, is, uh, heads the team that has developed this electric bandage, which is a significantly different kind than, the, than what has been used in the past. Um, it uses nano generators. That so you generate the power by breathing, and these nano generators. I'm not making this up. Nano generators power these. Uh, I don't even know. I, I can't remember what he said. But like these electro something weight the, the pulses. <laughs> it's pulses, and it makes you heal faster. That was cool. So that uh, again, that'll be uh, up on our uh, podcast uh, later, as well as our conversation with uh, Joey Sofo who survived his first major earthquake. 608 785 if you'd like to join us here on the air, 785 uh, Take a break after this note about Habitat for Humanity, which is starting its $1.6 million all-hands-in campaign in order to expand affordable housing options for low- to middle-income families in the Cooley region. And um, they have... Um, managed to blow by the uh, original mark for their campaign um, and uh, with a lot of uh, donors and matching gifts and 
three very generous donors who've been uh, giving to the uh, to the campaign to help build uh, homes for those in need in there in this area. And um, they have goals to increase the number of homes built for families in need, and they plan to increase home production from one to six homes per year. So that they are they have really ramped up their efforts in this area to build homes. And, you know, it, it is a sweat equity uh, kind of thing. And they've got a lot of people that have put a lot of time and effort into building their own home. Uh, so if you would like an opportunity to join in as a, first of all, a volunteer for Habitat for Humanity or to provide donations for the effort, uh, feel free to uh, contact Habitat for Humanity at habitatlacrosse.org. Habitatlacrosse.org. Get all the information there. Uh, this time of year is a great time to uh, provide some additional help to a great organization like Habitat for Humanity. Think about that when you're making your end-of-year donations. Go to habitatlacrosse.org for more information. This is Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. This is Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM. Thanks for riding along here this afternoon and this evening on this free-for-all Friday. We've had quite the educational hour here. Heard from uh, Joey Sofo up in Anchorage, Alaska, making it through his first significant uh, earthquake. They had one up there today. Dr. Shudong Wang, who is uh, a professor of engineering at UW-Madison, leading the team developing a breakthrough electric bandage, which is really more magical than anything. No, it's real, but it seems magical. Put it that way. Um, So if you would like to join in, 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center. Talk and text line 785-7914. Yesterday we talked about this a little bit. There have been some changes to the proposal for the Veterans Transition Home uh, at in that uh, in that. Uh, that big home owned by David Barb Erickson on Farnham in in La Crosse. And we'll talk about that coming up in the next hour. It's um, they, They've had to do a lot of work in the last two months, I think, to, for this, to make this program palatable to a certain extent. I mean, there's a lot of people that just weren't, frankly, weren't very happy about, uh, about this. And we'll see how it goes when it gets back in front of the city council. Starting on Monday afternoon, the city plan commission sees it first. Anyway, I'll talk to you about those changes that they've proposed coming up right here on Lacrosse Talk PM. Hey, welcome. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Uh, if you'd like to join us here on the air at any time, it's the Better Hearing Center talk and text line at 608-785-7914. Call in or text in either way you get in on the air, 608-785-7914, uh, always you know, reach me through Facebook and, and Twitter. Send me an email, Mitch at 1410WYZM.com or Mitch at WisdomNews.com. I got a, uh, some messages yesterday. We were talking about the veterans' home, the veterans' transition home on Farnham Street in La Crosse yesterday and the future of that facility, I guess. I'm not sure how to say that, but the future of that facility and uh, how that is uh, sort of in the hands of the Lacrosse City Council at this point, who will be deciding on a, a a permit to allow the veteran, the VA, to run that traditional home in the home that's being donated by Dave and Barb Erickson for precisely uh, that use. Uh, we did get some interesting feedback about the um, about really about the debate in relation to to that, and um, it was interesting because uh, some of those. Part of what I got was um, that was from neighbors there who are still not sold on this idea, and uh, but it is it's changed it's changed a little bit, and that may change their minds. We're we're just seeing some changes coming through today. In terms of what they, what the VA plans for veterans in that home in that neighborhood, and, and that's and, and there'll be de- more debate about that. At the end of the day, the essence, I think, of this process, I don't know what the solution is. I don't know whether it's a good idea for that neighborhood, or you know whether the whether the VA's plan is a good plan. I, I'm really not the one to say. I don't know. I don't live in the neighborhood. I don't really have a horse in the race. But I will say that my horse in the race. 
is the process. And I, I do hope that no matter what else, I hope that, that people who do have objections and do have concerns and are perhaps worried about the future of their homes and their families for whatever reasons they, they may have, whether they're legitimate or not, I just hope that they have an opportunity to voice those concerns. And it's done in an open and transparent way in, 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 you know, at, um, so that the, the people making these decisions will hear them. I hope, I hope that, and I hope that the, they're given an opportunity to, to, to voice their concerns and those who are supporting this project uh, can explain why, that, why it has value. In their eyes, just make this an open and transparent process. I just I want to make sure that we don't ever get to that point where it just becomes an automatic process that a, a private citizen gives property to the government, which is what's happening here. Private citizen handing over the keys to the VA, which is part of the federal government, and the VA uh, be, starts a clinic essentially within a neighborhood. I, I don't want us to get to the process or get to a point where that just becomes an automatic thing without people being able to voice their concerns and have their voices heard. All right, 608-785-7914. I think that's in all of our best interests, frankly. Coming up, the latest on what that transitional home might look like and how that might change neighbors' minds. Uh, We do have a winter weather advisory starting tomorrow. Snow and rain and snow, possibly not a ton. It looks like at this point, one to two inches, maybe, maybe a little bit more, but pretty, pretty, pretty certain you're going to get some. That's on the way this weekend. Highs will remain in the mid thirties. However, we'll cool down on Monday and Tuesday, getting down to the twenties. It's 34 now on lacrosse talk PM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. All right. Lacrosse talk PM and WIZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. 608-785-7914. That's the better hearing center talk and text line 785-7914. Uh, also on uh, uh, on uh, Facebook and Twitter, you can send me an email, Mitch at fourteen ten wizm dot com. Uh, when we we had a conversation yesterday about uh, about the marijuana possibility of marijuana um, penalties decreasing in lacrosse after the city of Eau Claire did uh, went to a dollar for a fine for marijuana possession, first time marijuana possession. And um, got a little feedback on that today, but uh, we did have a I got an email from a listener that I thought was uh, interesting. Someone who used to work in the criminal justice system here on La Crosse uh, says, yes, we need to be talking about marijuana. There needs to be consideration of legalization and the pros and cons. Our current laws and penalties are out of date. Look how much tax money is spent because all marijuana is illegal. Look at what could be done if we legalize it in certain amounts, tax it, and reduce taxes even after you divert some more money to treatment. Forcing all marijuana smokers to be termed as criminals definitely increases their exposure to the whole system. This is not the way to go. Certainly, as uh, Mayor Tim Cabot said yesterday, certainly worth some conversation without question. It's interesting that even though everybody I talk to, except for those who's who don't want to admit it, <laughs> so nearly everybody, nearly everybody I talk to, when you ask them about legalization of marijuana, all of them say inevitable, inevitable, but the process getting there is really just it's the the kicking and the screaming that goes on is is profound it really is uh some other listeners uh, commented on uh giving me feedback on the other conversation we had yesterday in relation to the veterans transitional home in that neighborhood in lacrosse uh and one of them in a paraphrase here said this is not an argument this should not be about us versus them. And it was from somebody who lives in that neighborhood. And I think this is a really easy subject by which we can say this is the people who don't want a veteran's transition home in their neighborhood. And again, this is the house that is being donated by David Barbarickson to the VA. For the people who don't want that in their neighborhood, it's very easy to point our fingers at them and say they are against veterans. And it's too easy, frankly. And it's possible that this transition home is going to be fantastic or, or not. I really couldn't weigh in on judgment on that in any kind of way because I, I, have, I, have, no, I have no background in, in treating uh, veterans coming home from, from active duty. But without doubt, those neighbors who live near it, this should be something that 
all of us are interested in. Those neighbors need to have their voices heard. And to be fair, I believe the VA at least is trying to make this proposal. First of all, they're, they're defining it a little bit better so that people have a better understanding of what it actually is. But they're also um, changing it a bit so that it is more palatable to those living in the area. So before, when we first heard about it, it was going to be a self-monitored transitional vets, no real clear idea about wh- where they were in the process. Uh, and, and so they've, they've, more, they've more closely defined that as people who are really transitioning back to the world. And and they're 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 mostly they're all but done with their treatment essentially. And it's not it's not you know these are not people with alcohol and drug problems. Uh, you know they they even address the sex offender issue, which I I, I don't remember anybody bringing up. But um, but all of those things are being addressed now. They um, uh, let's see. There's the oh boy gosh. There's so much, and they describe what it's supposed to be. So in their description of what this is supposed to be. It's a program designed to help veterans increase their self-confidence and self-esteem and insist in maintaining each individual veteran's recovery gains to achieve optimal wellness. That pretty much covers it. And so they would spend 6 to 12 months in this home. There's going to be 8 of them, not 10, as uh, the original plans had uh, suggested. There is someone that's going to be living there with them. There's going to be extra security on the weekends. Um, There's going to be, um, I don't know what the security for is, frankly. Um, Let's see, what else? Um, They've got a maximum number of vehicles now that they've identified. They're not going to have endless vehicles there. They've said they're going to max out at four. Uh, They've they've identified what the goals are and what the conduct conduct parameters are. All that stuff now is, is identified. So this was first. This first came in front of the Lacrosse City Council two months ago, and they have since, um, you know, really done some work and really, really tackled some of the pressing issues here. And and, it, and frankly, it looks like they've done a pretty good job of better defining what this transitional home is going to be. So, again, it doesn't. This is not going to be in your neighborhood, right? There's some people that were who were this. This is going to be in their neighborhood. Most of you probably don't care about what it's going to look like, and and why would you? But the key for me, and the thing that we all should be concerned about, is that the people who have objections, or who have concerns, and legitimate concerns about property value, about you know safety, because it's, it's not wrong to have those concerns. People that have those concerns ought to have their voice heard. All right, 608-785-7914. If somebody finds Rick Solom, have him return to the studio when he can. That would be ideal. We'll go to the phones. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yeah, this marijuana thing. Oh, everybody's crazy about getting the tax money out of it. I may, may I posit that uh, any person who smokes marijuana is involved in a violent accident and kills somebody or double the penalty for drunk driving. And one more thing. In spite of Wisconsin school system, this big woo-ha-ha about this kid, 14-year-old kid with a gun, they could, cannot give his name, no information whatsoever. I think this is concocted and brewed by Dr. Ph.D. Amy Vanderen. This woman is a, oh, God. All right, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. 608-785-7914. we got Tom next. Tom, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Couple things, but quickly, I would suggest that the simplest way to deal with that veterans' home that people want to donate that is to simply sell it and to donate the money to the VA for that cause. Uh, that just kind of takes the pain out for majority of people. But main reason I called was uh, I, I mentioned in the future if you have one of your local law officers on, they should talk to the people about how a person should respond if they're pulled over in a traffic stop. And I have recently learned that there are some videos, uh, some YouTube videos to teach you how to respond. And it is actually very important because when a law enforcement officer pulls someone over, he has no idea if they are criminal types or not. And he has to be very careful uh, so that there isn't some kind of a situation that comes up that might get out of hand. So I just think that's important. I would also suggest that Rick needs to apologize for saying that bullies grow up to be law enforcement people. 
that is an outrageous statement. There probably have been a few, but the majority of them are very good, high-quality people. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Rick? Totally true. Man, he's just begging to be chicken-winged. No question about it. They're going to be face-slammed up against the wall. Rick's views do not represent those of us here. So you're saying the cops are going to bully me for my bullying statement? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> Man, does not represent the views of the rest of us here. Wow. Dan, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Oh, thanks, Mitch. Uh, I see President Trump's upset because we gave so much money to General Motors to bail them out to keep their manufacturing open, and now the Chevy mm-hmm. Volt isn't selling. So I have an idea. It's kind of socialism, but, you know, these uh, auto dealers, they get a good deal when they buy a whole bunch of cars. So if we could contact the uh, uh, governor of Wisconsin and set up a program where if 30 people want to buy the Chevy Volt at cost and the government will uh, deduct 1500 off of that payment, people could buy a new car below cost, be able to get a loan because of that, and we could sell a bunch of those cars going straight from yeah. the factory yeah, it's not, to it, the citizens yeah. and eliminate the middleman. Sure, Dan. Um, it, and the... the uh, the basis for your argument is all flawed because um, the Volt and the Bolt, both both Chevy cars, sales are way up. Uh, there's a million there's a million electric cars on the road now. Um, there's about eight thousand of them in Wisconsin. Sales continue to climb. They're phasing out the subsidies uh, for buyers because the sales are climbing. Um, people are people are buying electric cars. You don't have to. At some point, it just partly because of the subsidies, but partly because there's I mean there's some other advantages there. We'll move on. Uh, let's go to, I want to get to some more calls before the news. Uh, wow, I am just completely, I can't find my where I'm at. I got Josh next. Josh, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Hey, how's it going? I lost a little bit of my thunder because uh, it's been a few calls, but I think it was Eric. Yeah. Um, hard to understand what he's saying half the time, but <laughs> I think he has no idea what marijuana even does or is because yeah. if you look up um, like deaths caused by or crimes, anything, that of alcohol is, I don't know, multiple, multiple times more than marijuana. Sure. And and it's not just because alcohol is legal and marijuana is not. It's just, if you look at percentages and everything, I don't smoke pot. I have, but, and I drink a lot of beer, but I think that alcohol is way more dangerous than marijuana ever could be. That's all I have to say. Well, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. I mean, I can tell you from someone who's been doing this for many years, and covering court cases and going to court and looking at arrest records and all kinds of stuff that, as far as I'm concerned, alcohol is far more destructive than marijuana is. As far as I can tell, I mean, there are a lot more, a lot more arrests for marijuana, but by, by far, the most destructive behavior occurs when someone's been drinking. Let's go to Mark. Mark, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Hey, I'd just like to weigh in on the veterans' home. Sure. Um, I think if you're you're worried about who's going to be living there, a good idea is to walk your dog by there, say hello to who's living there. You know, it's it's not like we can just push these things out away from our houses. And I, I don't live in that area, but I do live up by Goose Green where they're building the Garden Terrace. Sure, and that's supposed to be a veterans a veterans kind of get back into society home, and probably at the other end of the spectrum, they probably just yeah. got back. It's lower income; they're trying to get them on their feet. You know, we we can't be afraid of this stuff. We these are our our boys who we all swear up and down that we're going to support when they're over there fighting the war. It it is yeah, it is absolutely essential that we recognize that there's more that we could do. No question about it. Right. Yeah. No. I no no disagreement. Eric's right. If if you made sure make it make pot legal, but make the penalties stiff and make them stiffer for alcohol. Okay. All right. Well, and I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. We'll take more of your calls coming up. 608-785-7914, LaCrosse Talk PM and Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Welcome back. I'm Mitch Reynolds. LaCrosse Talk PM and WYZM. 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center. Talk and text line 785-7914. Uh, join us uh, that way, that way. Call in or text in either way you get in on the program. 608-785-7914. The... Toma VA has offered up a new set of guidelines for their transitional home that they want to put in the neighborhood at the foot of the bluffs in La Crosse. It's very residential neighborhood. And um, Dave and Barb Erickson, who are 
I guess you could call them philanthropists because that's what they've been for years now, um, are, are donating their home. The home, by the way, is assessed at, uh, I want to say, I think, well, I looked this up today. I think it's 455, 435, something like that. 400 some odd thousand dollars. So they pay 12 grand, 12 grand and change for taxes. Uh, so that, but it would become a tax exempt property because it would be a federal government property. At any rate, so the Toma VA would, would the Ericsson's are donating the property to the, to the Toma VA and then it would become this transitional housing for veterans. And again, as I said before, the veterans are, are, are actually, are basically at the tail end of their process of getting back into living in the world, basically. So they're, they're transitioning between residential treatment and independent community living. And, and this is, this is part of that process. It's the tail end of the process. So, you know, kind of last stop before your own apartment kind of thing. Right. And any number, in fact, there's, there's been some new uh, objections filed today, as a matter of fact, to this plan. So this is still, this is not, this is not exactly going down well (laughs) for, for people who are in that area. Uh, let's see. As a matter of fact, let's see. Objection that came in today. People talking about how this is going to decrease their property values. Uh, uh, yeah. And a lot of it, and some of the objections, I'm just reading this. I think the biggest um, objection here is just the decrease of uh, a transitional home will devalue my property to uh, an extent that far exceeds the amount of the down payment of my home. To me, this... Uh, this, you know, we've seen and we've seen estimates here anywhere from fifteen percent to twenty percent now. So, w- is that in fact the case? We don't know. I don't know. I mean, people may have done some some good research on this and found out some information. I, I don't have that information. Um, but there's this whole thing is full of objections to this home. Uh, it's and and some of these are probably not legitimate objections. Frankly, the ideas are probably not legitimate, but. It doesn't take away the right of those expressing themselves and, and, and raising those concerns. Because it's very possible that there is, once, there, once you know that there is a, a federal institution, because that's, that's what this is, we can talk about a VA transitional home and, and, because, and give it that name because that's what it is, but it is a federally owned institution in a neighborhood. It's very possible that property values will decrease because of that, and maybe they won't. But these, it's legitimate to be concerned about that. What is the biggest investment that most people have, uh, especially when they're, you know, if you have a young, what's your biggest investment if you have a young family or house? And it's, uh, it's legitimate to be concerned about how an institution like this might affect property values. I, for those, we had a caller a little while ago, said this is an important part of, of getting these guys back into out of you know out of that back back from wherever they were and back transitioning into into the the, the world basically back to real life and we should all bear a common responsibility to do that um and i see the legitimacy in that argument i really do it does seem as though we as i've mentioned many times in the past it seems that as though we fall very short as americans in what we how we are able to care for veterans who come home injured in one way or another physically or mentally or both i'm not entirely certain that it should fall to individual neighbors uh and their and potential hits on their property values to 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 pick up the slack however but but Let's all have this conversation, right? Let's all, let's hear the argument. So what's going to happen, and, and the, the, the VA has just submitted, to, uh, today, yesterday or today, has just submitted their final plan for this, uh, for this transitional home. Because of the timing, it looks like the city staff has not had a chance to review this, and so will not be able to make a recommendation, and will be recommending that this be delayed for another month. That's what it looks like right now. So we will probably not be ending this debate this coming week, but we'll be extending it for another month. That'd that'd be my guess. Uh, Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen here? The city council does all sorts of loopy things. I, I, I hope we don't get to the point where we are simply... For those who raise objections to this veteran's transitional home, I hope we don't look at them and say, 
you know, this is about the veterans and just roll over. Because that's an easy thing to say, but these people have rights. Property rights are supposed to be sacred in this country. And and they they should be able to express concerns about their property rights. And I hope they're heard. So it's this is a this is a tough one, man. This is really tough. It's difficult. It's this is not like people there's some who have said this is like uh the Cooley Council on Addictions. Uh, you know they they uh, they got that uh, zoning change to build their place over by Longfellow uh, Middle School and the neighbors there. They were there's a guy that the 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 guy that moved from Colorado brought his family from Colorado and was going to build a house in that in that neighborhood right next to this place. And then the and then the city changed the zoning so that Cooley Council could build their facility there. It's not like that. This is not like that because over there where Cooley Council built their place, that's a very institutionalized area. There's a school. There's a hospital. There's a university. All kinds of stuff going on over there. This isn't like that. This is a neighborhood with a basketball court in the middle of it. <laughs> that's what this neighborhood is. They got, this is all just houses. There's an, and there was a full expectation that it would remain that way. And that's why this is different. Uh, we hope to have... Dave and Barb, Dave or Barb Erickson in the studio with us to talk about this because I think it's going to, there may be some, there may be some debate and they'll, uh, they're going to get, you know, they'll have their three minutes because you get three minutes to make your case in front of the city council. They're going to get their three minutes, but we can give them a lot more than that here. So hopefully we'll, they've agreed, they agreed to, uh, back in October to come on the program uh, this, uh, this coming month to talk about it. So we'll, we'll make sure that they come in and, uh, and do that. It's an interesting debate. We all want to do the right thing by veterans, but it's important to remember what exactly we're looking at in terms of property rights. And that's essential. That's an essential part of this, this discussion. Remember, what at the end of the day, what is it? What is it? What are you doing? You're, you're taking a home that's owned, by a, a, that's owned privately. That home is going to the federal government, who will then own that home and operate a facility inside of a neighborhood. That's what's happening here. And the city council is the one that will say yes or no to that. So we'll see. Uh, coming up on Monday, by the way, we uh, we haven't talked to him for a while. He hasn't been in. Uh, not because he hasn't wanted to, but he's our our uh, our schedules haven't necessarily aligned. But uh, lacrosse fire chief Ken Gilliam will be in, and we'll see, uh, we'll see if we can get him to crack a smile. Uh, let's see. This, uh, listener says the only reason this idea has any life left in it is because of the veteran component, just like people who donate cars couldn't, they donate the home. It could be sold for, I don't know what this is, a big number, $475,000. And they could use that money to you then buy a building or space. that's in the more zone appropriate area. Yeah. The, and it's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's there. You'd have to budge. I, yeah. There, there's probably reasons why they're not doing that, and I'm not exactly sure what they are. I'm not, I'm not entirely certain. We got reports of a accident, perhaps on Gillette Street, so just be aware of that. Uh, we have a basketball, high school basketball game tonight on WKTY. What is that? Uh, Central at Marshfield, I believe. Right, Marshfield. The Marsh, I think so. Wait, do I have that somewhere right here? No. Should be right here, right there, right. All right. And Drew is on that call tonight. Yeah, I think seven oh five. What is today? Friday? No. Yeah. It is Friday. Oh, that's for next week. We don't have it. All right, well. It's Central Marshfield. Central Marshfield. So all the starters, if I'm understanding this correctly, all the starters on Central's team that nearly made it to the state final last year have returned. I think. Their entire team has come back. I think like their top six scorers too, which may or may not be the top five starters, but I think that was it. So we have a completely healthy. Top five scorers, yep. All Could top be, five scores are back. All yeah. starters, all top five scores. Everybody, basically everybody that matters is back. Wow. And and probably some guys that we didn't know mattered yet, right? Like, there's, yeah. there's going to be a there's guy. There's going to be right? a guy. Yeah. Man. They were 24-3 and three last year. They're only 72-10 and 10 the past three seasons, though. So, mm. you know, 10 losses. Should lower our expectations. Gosh. That could be. They might just roll. There might not be dudes that play in the, fourth, in the uh, second half. I mean, on the WKTY News website, the, Drew took this picture while while doing covering whatever game it was. I don't remember. Okay. It looks like I don't know, but he's got one of the Davis. Is it da- no? It's uh, he's got him reverse jamming on the rim. He's like hanging on the rim. It's a great picture. Can't, it's not Dur- Davis. Who's the who's the big guy uh, during the game? Yeah, like he's doing a reverse dunk. He's hanging on the rim. A reverse dunk. Like what? So the rim's behind him. A rever- Oh man. 
Wow. But, uh, yeah, who's the big guy that transferred? I can't think of uh, I don't know. Somebody. <laughs> Transfer guy. I don't know. Oh, uh, you mean the uh, Terrence Thompson? Yeah, Thompson. Okay. Scott Thompson, like, reverse jamming. Like just while he, Drew, while he's doing the game, he must put his phone up and be like, mm, "I don't know, I don't know why," because he never does that. <laughs> I don't know why. What what propelled him to like? Oh, uh, you know what? I'm going to take a picture here and then oh, reverse jam. And I think what you know, one of the one of the dudes is is going crazy on top of the three point line. And this might have been two years ago, honestly. Like I just I I just remember I saved the photo and yeah. I'm like oh, I'm just going to use it every time we have a generic central picture. <laughs> as long as this dude is still at the school, and I believe he still is. Oh yeah, I think he's a is he a senior this year? No, he shouldn't be. Or a junior? Should be he's junior. A junior. So I could use it all next year too. All right. Well, anyway, that uh, that game tonight on WKTY, our sports station. Uh, check that out at uh, um, uh, five eighty AM or ninety six point seven FM. And Drew, once again, Drew Kelly on the call of that game tonight. This is Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. I'm Mitch Reynolds, Across Talk PM on WYZM. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening. Thanks for all of your input. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Once again, my profound apologies to Jennifer Schilling. She's very busy, and we couldn't get her in uh, this week for an interview. We'll try again next week. Thanks to my love to Anna for Rick Solom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. We'll talk next week right here on Wisdom.